you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. Wherever you are, I just want you to close your eyes. I want you to hear the sound of my voice. And I want you to hear what God has to say to you today. He's not finished yet. He's not finished yet. And, and, and the same God who's been faithful will remain faithful. The God who began a good work will, will see that work through to completion. He's a good God, and all good gifts come from the Father above. And Lord, we thank you, God, that whether we're tuning in on the radio station right now, we're tuning in on Facebook, or we're tuning in on YouTube, wherever we are right now, God, we can hear the voice of God, we can feel the presence of God, and we can be transformed, not just inspired or informed, but I pray right now, whoever's listening to this message, whoever's listening to this worship, that you may be transformed by the Word of God, the ministry of God, the Spirit of God that is alive, that is risen, that is seated in heavenly places with all authority in heaven and earth and is speaking to you as his son and his daughter right now. And Lord, we thank you that we have this opportunity to be together on this incredible Easter, this amazing time to celebrate a risen Savior. And Lord, we pray that you'd bless this hour, bless this time, bless this opportunity. And Lord, let our, let our lives be moved and, and transformed by it. I want to read the scripture to you, and then I want to get the truth in you. And so if you'll listen wherever you are, and then we'll tune in and take notes, and, and we'll sit down and make sure that we're ready to roll with this. But listen to me real quick. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. It says this, and you, everybody say me. <clears throat> he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once, we all once, everybody say me. We all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And what we were by nature, we were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together in Christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together where in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them Lord in Jesus name I thank you right now that you're gonna minister you're gonna change lives there are going to be hundreds 
who give their life to Jesus today. In fact, you know what? There's going to be thousands, if not millions, around the United States and around the world who are going to give their life to Jesus today. And they're going to finally say, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of living my own way. I want to be resurrected with Jesus. I want to live with Jesus. I want to be made alive with Jesus. I want to live the life of abundance and fullness and joy and peace. And, and I want to live the life I was meant for that he had prepared beforehand for me. And Lord, I pray that you would move and have your way today. And Lord, I pray that you would use me as a conduit of your word and your will. And Lord, let me flow with the Holy Spirit, your spirit, and that I may move with you, that I may have nimbleness of mind and flexibility and spirit to flow with your spirit today and speak what you would have me to say, and that I would complete the assignment for which you have me on today. I'm not preaching to preach. I'm speaking to be a conduit, and I pray that you'd use me today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give God some praise wherever you are. Thank the Lord. So thankful you're tuning in on Facebook, you're tuning in on the radio, you're tuning in uh, with us on uh, YouTube, uh, wherever you're listening from, on whatever you're listening on. My name is Pastor Landon, and I'm so thankful to greet you today. So excited that we're here together on Easter. And hopefully, if you're on 93.5, my voice sounds so silky smooth and sounds so nice and deep that you just can't help but want to listen a little bit more. Uh, if you want to see uh, these beautiful blue eyes, you can turn on Facebook and listen to both at the same time. And so Facebook, we're at Bridge Church, uh, and then you can look us up on our website at wearebridge.church, and there'll be a link that you can click that says watch live. And so those are great ways to stay connected. If you're watching right now and you can see me, you know I'm excited for what God has for you, and God is going to do a great work in you. Uh, I was going to title today's message just one title, but I think I have several titles. Uh, one of the titles, if you're taking notes, which I hope everybody is, unless you're driving, I hope that you take good notes because you take what God is going to say to you seriously. Did you know most of the time we're not waiting on God, God's waiting on us. And when we finally take what God has been saying seriously, maybe he'll start taking you a little more seriously. So take good notes uh, and, and make sure that you're writing down what the Lord has for you. But I was going to title today, uh, The Resurrected Church. I think that's a great title. I love The Resurrected Church. I was going to title it Position or Condition. I thought about that. Uh, I thought about graves uh, to gardens or grace uh, or, or, gar or graves to grace. Uh, I thought about a lot of different titles, but really, I just want you, as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, to just write it down. I'm going to stick with the resurrected church, uh, but I want to speak to you uh, uh, in your heart, in your mind, and your soul, to the depths of who you are today, to minister hope and life and joy to you. And, and, and I really believe 
believe this with all my heart that every single person who's listening and watching right now, it may even be two days later, I hope that everybody who's listening and watching, that you get a revelation of who Jesus is so powerfully that the grace, not the works of your flesh, but the grace of Jesus Christ, what he did at this season and this hour for us, that you would be overwhelmed with it, that you become free. And the Bible says free indeed. You don't need to live in captivity anymore. And can I, can I just share some of our mantras at this church of what the Holy Spirit has spoken to us? Number one, we're not a quiet church because a quiet church is a dying church. A quiet believer is a dying believer. You are meant to testify. How can you testify with your mouth shut? How can you witness with your mouth closed. Look, I believe 100% that actions are better than words and we ought to act out our faith, but faith without works is dead. I get all that, but you got to speak your faith in the, in your tongue is the power of life and death. And you have to speak your faith. You got to be a, a believer who thrives. And we take good notes and we're a church that stands on this truth. And we're a church that says, you know what? We're better together. We're a church that says, you know what? I like worshiping. I like giving a good amen. We're an expressive church. I don't know where you're at today or if you're tuning in on Facebook, you can type amen. You can shout it and record it and then hit play and post it. You can do whatever you want to do, but I encourage you don't remain silent. Because God's going to speak something to you today that you need to come into agreement with. And for all the skeptics who are still listening that think <clears throat> that religion doesn't need to be loud, you just go ahead and go to that scripture that says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And then try to tell me that we're not supposed to. And where in James, the Bible says, yell aloud no to the devil and watch him flee and say a quiet yes to Jesus and watch him come to your aid. It, you keep telling me that, that we're supposed to be quiet and I'll keep telling you how God is using us to boldly, 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 boldly proclaim the good news, the message of Jesus Christ. And I hope you're tuning in today because I'm going to boldly preach this word. I don't know any other way. I might even preach too long, but guess what? Some of you, I don't know if I'll ever get you to be in church again. Some of you, I might not see you or you might not hear me until Christmas. So I'm going to take as much time as God allows me hallelujah because I'm a preacher by nature and God has called me to preach the word and illuminate the word and when you come into Ephesians chapter 2 on Holy Week on Easter Sunday where Jesus has been resurrected the first verse people the first verse after chapter one, when he says that he is working all and in all and fills all to fulfill all, right? He speaks all that. And then he says, and everybody say, and, and. don't mistake the pauses in the Bible because there's always a pause for a reason because the teacher's about to change direction and teach you something new school. You, if you're old school, it's time to learn a new trick. It's time to learn a new lesson. And he says in the first three, four words, he says, you he made alive he made alive you have been made alive in Christ you have been resurrected in Christ 
And, and we're going to talk about that today. But I'm going to. I, I need you to understand that God didn't call you to live a life of, of just getting by, of just having breath in your lungs. God gave you the life so that you could be made alive, not in the future. Right now, some of us are going through the motions of life, expecting life to one day kick in. But no, you have been made alive. He has made you alive. The reason you have your being is because of him. And God wants to resurrect some lives today, some lives that are stuck, some lives that aren't living, some lives that you're not quite dead, but you're not quite alive. You're not really, you got one foot in the grave and you got one foot on the earth. You're, some of you, you, you got one, you, you're so heavenly minded for all the religious people, you're no earthly good either. But you got to have this balanced life where God wants to speak truth in you because if it's a lie that's held you captive, it's the truth that sets you free. Somebody on 93.5, crank that radio station up and say, amen, hallelujah, you better hear it. Because God is trying to speak some truth to your life to free you from what's held you in your life. If you have felt like restriction on your life, you felt like you've been stuck. I want to talk to people today who feel stuck. I want to talk to people who feel like they, they've plateaued. I want to talk to people today who feel like there must not be more from me. I've reached my peak. Uh, uh, maybe you're in your peak season of your life and you think, how could there be anything better for me? And God is here to tell you, woman, God is here to tell you, young man, because you think you're old, but God says you haven't reached your better days yet. You haven't reached the goodness yet. You haven't reached your glory yet because I don't go backwards. I don't go in reverse. I move forward from glory to glory, line upon line, precept upon precept, from victory to victory. You are the head, not the tail. You are the conqueror, not the conquered. And God is saying, your latter will be greater than your former. Amen. You're going to have greater years. The, the rest of 20, oh, can I talk to somebody's heart? The rest of 2020, and you know it to be true, will be better than the beginning of 2020 because God still owns the year. God is still in charge of the future. God still holds tomorrow. And when Jesus... When Jesus came to pay the price, he, he went to the cross. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. They, they, they line up perfectly in scripture because while his flesh was torn, so was a transgression to go beyond. And, and on not only iniquity, iniquity is inward, so then he was bruised. Bruises are inside. So then he was bruised for our iniquity. So the scripture lines up perfectly to say the price that Jesus paid when he went to Calvary, the Golgotha, and he got up on the cross and paid the price for you and I that shed blood on Calvary that I preached on on Good Friday, the blood that remembers the, the blood that cries out. He covered your sins. He forgave you in that moment. That condemnation is no more. You know, can I go a little bit further from what I preached on, on Good Friday? It, it, to prove some of you that the blood remembers and the bl blood cries out and the blood speaks more than you think. Re go all the way back 
Go all the way back to the beginning with Cain and Abel. You remember the story with Cain and Abel at the beginning? And, and Cain killed Abel, and God came to Cain, and he said, where's your brother? And he lied to him, and then he says, I can, I can hear the blood of your brother cry out because the blood remembers, the blood cries out. And, we, and I, so when I'm about to say I'm setting that up for a reason because I don't want you to think for any moment or for any point or any reason that the blood of Jesus Christ didn't do it all, finish it all, take care of it all, cover it all, because that was powerful. That was an incredible moment. But some of us are stuck at the cross. Some of us have, he, 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 we got stuck at the cross and, and we're comfortable at the cross. See, we're on Resurrection Sunday, but some of us are still stuck at the cross on Good Friday because, and I, and I think there's a lot of reasons for it. One of them is because sometimes people are more comfortable in their pain than they are in their future. And so, because the future holds, your promises hold an unknown question mark, but at least you know what pain feels like. And some of us have gotten so comfortable with pain that I'd rather stay in my, this is why people will stay in abusive marriages and homes because at least I know what to expect from my abuser but if I step out of this home if I step beyond my pain then I don't know what my future may hold so I'd rather cling to my pain see some of us are stuck at the cross because I'd rather live in my condemnation than in my freedom because I don't know what my freedom will bring I, in my freedom what will happen what happens if I move beyond the cross at least I know what to expect. Some of us, some Christians and religious people, can I just preach to the religious people for a little bit? Because we need to get out of this method. We need to get out of the, this paradigm and, and out of this mindset of nailing ourselves to the cross because of how good we are and how much we suffer for Jesus. And look at how much I gave and look at what I do. And some of us, even on the other side of the coin, we're so used to being Jesus for other people, we've nailed ourselves to the cross. Oh, what would happen if I left them? If I leave them, then well, I don't know. I'm their only connection to Jesus. Come on, honey. That ain't the truth. Jesus says he works all, in all, through all, and fills all. You don't need to nail yourself to the cross. He already paid the price. But some of us would rather stick to the cross because the cross, at least we know. At least I, church has stuck to the cross. The, the, the body of Christ, if I can, sometimes we get stuck at the cross because it's easier to judge people than it is to see people raised. It's easier to condemn people. It's easier to blame people. It's easier to curse somebody than it is to bless somebody. And I'd rather point out and take them like a dog who just made a mess and grab the dog by the nap of its neck and take it to its mess and shove its nose in it because that's what religion does. It says, look what you did. Look how bad you are. Look how terrible you are, but Jesus didn't call us to do that. Jesus said, I already took care of it. I don't need you to do that. That's not your job. You, you don't, church, don't get stuck at the cross. Christianity, don't get stuck at the cross. Don't get so stuck at the cross that you don't get to the grave. You don't get to the resurrection because you're still wanting to live in the sorrow and suffering and pain. The cross was meant to be remembered, not be remained in. 
I, I meant, he says, he says this, he says, as oft as you take communion, George, I know my brother George is listening to me right now and saying amen. I'm telling you because the cross, he says, my sacrifice, my body is, uh, the bread is my body, the blood is my, the, this juice is my blood. He said, partake in this because of the sacrifice that he was going to make. And he said, as oft as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. It means I want to remember the cross, not remain at the cross. I can't stay at the cross because if I stay in that old address, I'm going to keep getting the same mail I've always gotten. But God wants to change my position. Oh, hallelujah. God wants to take me from the cross to the next day. Jesus didn't come just to the cross. He came through the cross. But I don't want to get stuck at the cross with my Savior who's already gone through the cross. I want to walk through him and in motion and change my address. Oh, I know you want to give God praise and stand up and do a, do a dance and just thank Jesus because we're getting stuck as a church. We're getting stuck as a body of believers all around the world because we'd rather push people's faces in it. We'd rather nail ourselves and tell people how much we suffer for Jesus and we want to show our sacrifice. And Jesus says, who are you? What are you doing? I already did it. I already paid it. You need to keep moving through it and not just stay to it. You, you need to keep going. Somebody shout, keep going, baby. Keep moving, baby. I got to run my race. I'm not here to, to stay. I'm not here to just stagnate in this and fester in this to where I, I'm stuck in it. I think the reason some of us haven't been able to go further in our life is because we're still stuck at the cross when we're really meant to move forward. Some of us are, are stuck at the cross with doubt. Some of us are stuck at the cross with unbelief. Some of us are stuck at the cross like Doubting Thomas, and he couldn't move forward past the cross even though he went in the grave and came out of the grave and still wouldn't believe him because he said, I want to touch the holes in his hands because he was still stuck at the cross. And Jesus said, Thomas, you've got to move past the cross. I'm far from it right now. Don't worship the cross. Remember the cross. Remember the blood. Remember the sacrifice. Remember what I did. Don't remain. And so then we continue and they take his body off of the cross. They wash his body delicately, worshipfully. Can you imagine Worship, taking the, the body of, of your Savior for Mary, her son, for every parent that's lost a child. I want you to lean in and listen to me right now. Sometimes in a moment where you feel like all is lost, I'll never be the same. Can I tell you Mary has felt your pain? Can I tell you that Jesus spoke to her and knew the pain that she would go through and said, take him, he's your son, she's your mother, because he was speaking a healing moment right there. He said, I know losing your son is going to feel like the world is over, but I'm giving you something in place of God will always give you and heal you and bless you in the same area that you feel like you've been taken and robbed from. And he speaks this blessing. They wash her bo their, his body when he had given it up to them, when he'd given it up to heaven or surrendered his spirit. When he did that, they washed his body, they prepared his body, they wrapped his body, and then they placed his body in the tomb. 
When they placed his body in the tomb, the, the Pharisees said, they said, put some guards uh, at, the, at the door. Put some guards at the entrance. I just want to preach just a little extra. Can I go a little extra? Because th this is a perfect place where we talk about how we get frustrated with what the world's trying to do to prove Jesus wrong and prove that God's not real and prove that Jesus isn't king, Jesus isn't Lord. I, I love it because we want to let them do that because the very thing that they said, they said, put guards there lest the disciples come back and they come back and try to rob the body and then fake it and say that he was raised from the dead. So the very thing that they tried to do to prove that Jesus wasn't real is the very thing that proved that Jesus was alive. It was the very thing that proved that Christianity is the only way, is the only truth, is the only life. It's the very thing. Let the world continue to try to prove that Jesus isn't the savior of the world and isn't the king of kings and lord of lords, Emmanuel, God in the flesh, the full of God in the earth, continue to let them do that because the more they do, the more they'll show that God is real. The more that they will show that Jesus is the Savior, the more that they will show that our God is alive and resurrected. So that, that's just free. That's extra. But I want you to hear this because they, 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 they prepare the body and then they, 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 they get it in there. They roll the stone over and, and then, then they put the guards there. And then what happens on Resurrection Sunday is we see the, the beauty of these women coming to see, hey, what, what's going on? They come to the garden. When they get to the garden, they realize that the stone, the, some versions say rolled away. Other versions say blown away. And I attest to more of the blown away kind because I'm just kind of crazy anyway. But I'll tell you why here in a second. Blown away. The guards are knocked astray and they're laid out. And then all of a sudden now... They look in and the angel ascends and sits on and says, hey, look in there. Look, in, look, but do not go. Look, but do not go. Look in there, but do not stay. Look in there, but don't remain. So he says, look in there. And when they look in there, and by the way, when Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb, he never sent anybody in the tomb. Lazarus came out of the tomb on his own. So when you see this picture, you see an empty tomb and, and, and obliterated stone because Jesus was not not there anymore. Jesus was alive. Jesus was risen. And, and I think partly because of the stone being blown away, I think that he did that on purpose. Why? Because he didn't want us to remain in the grave either. He didn't want us to get stuck at the cross and he didn't want us to stay in the tomb because the tomb represents the darkness. It represents that we were like the scripture just read. It said, but we were all children of wrath. We were all fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind. And he says that we all conducted ourselves in those lusts. We all did. And he said, I don't want you to be buried in darkness and despair and discouragement. And I want to speak to somebody who's dealing with despair right now. You're not meant to get stuck. He blew away the stone so you couldn't get back in there and roll the stone back over yourself. Some of us have, stuck, have gotten stuck in the grave. It was meant to be loaned to you, not to, le not to live in. 
We're, we're meant to leave that grave. We're meant to come out of that grave. Oh, I want to preach about come out of that grave. Maybe that's another title. Title, title number seven. That come out of that grave. Come out of that tomb, Lazarus. Come out of there. You're not meant to go in there. You're meant to see that I'm not in there. You're meant to see that I'm already risen. You're meant to see only an empty tomb, not a tomb that you want to walk into and say, you know what, man, I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's dangerous out there. It's, there's a lot of discouragement. I don't know. How do I, all the doubt, all the things that we want to roll that stone back over for, that we want to just say, hey, oh, I just, Jesus was in a borrowed tomb because he wasn't going to stay in the tomb. And you were never meant to go back in the tomb and stay in the tomb, the tomb of your destruction, the tomb of your discouragement, the tomb of death, the tomb that says you're going to live in darkness the rest of your life, the tomb that says, you know what, you're no better than this. You're not going to come out of this. You're not going to live out of it. I'm going to keep you right here. You're stuck right here. And the enemy thinks he's rolled the stone over you. And I'm here to tell you God has blown away the stone so that you you don't have to live in the tomb anymore. You don't have to be stuck right there where everybody was like, where they were mourning and crying and saying, will it ever happen? What's going on? We've lost Jesus. And he rose again three days later, blew open the stone, showed up to the girls and then said, go tell the disciples I'm alive. And then he showed up and walked right through the door and, and he spoke to Thomas's heart. He spoke up and showed up to so many people because he said, I'm not stuck in the tomb anymore. Don't get stuck at the tomb. Don't get stuck at the grave when you're meant to be living in grace. See, the only difference is one letter. And if you make one change in your life, you'll go from the grave to grace. But you have to understand that you got to make some changes to stop living in the darkness that you've always lived in because it's more comfortable and convenient for you because you've become accustomed to the darkness. We, we're, we're okay with that. Oh, you don't think it's you? you, you, don't, you I'm not talking to you? Oh, I want you to hear me right now. Didn't we just say all were lost, all were in sin, all were? You don't need to teach a child how to lie. It says we were all children of wrath. See, some of you think I'm preaching to somebody else, but I'm preaching right to you. And if you'll sit up, listen up, and get ready for what God has for you, God is about to bring you out of your darkness, out of your tomb, out of your despair, out of your doubt, out of your discouragement, and say, I'm it's time to bring you back into the light because you've lived in the darkness too long. You've lived, you, you, you pulled that stone and tried to roll it back over you. You said, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I don't know if I could walk nervous and, and stay in and, and reflect. Where would we be if Lazarus, even in his bandages and bonds, if he didn't start taking steps from the tomb, out of the tomb and out of the grave and into the light? Because guess what? I can't help you while you're still in the same place you've always been. The only way that the body of Christ can actually help you is when you come out of where you used to be. And when you come out of that place, out of that position, out of that old address. Oh, I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach. It's going to get good in here today. I, I'm going to tell you, when you come out of that place, it's then the body of Christ, the believers everywhere, men and women, that Jesus then turns to and says, loose them. Take the binds off them. Take the grave clothes off of them. They Time to put some new garments on. Time to put on a garment of praise. Time to put on the garment of liberty. Time to put on the garment of my anointing. Time to change your outfit, church, because you're not in a grave anymore. you got to take your grave clothes off but you got to change your position and if you change your position you'll change your condition 
Oh, no, here, hear me now. See, some of us, we're, we're, in this, we're in this plague, if you will. We're in this vexing pandemic of a crisis right now. And let me just ask you a question. How many out there, even in the midst of all of this going on, it's, it's like it, it, all of a sudden you found like you have some level of grace for the, you, you're in this, you're in this difficult season that would normally crush you, that, that would normally destroy you. You, you feel, if I were to tell every parent right now, if we were to go back in time and I was to tell your parent or the, every parent, hey, guess what? I know it's January, but here in a little while, you're going to have to watch your kids 24-7. And you're not only going to be able to have to watch them 24-7, but you're going to be stuck in the same house in the same place and you're not allowed to leave there and you're going to feel restricted. You can't go, no, no you can't go out to eat, no you can't go sit down somewhere. You can't even go to a park. You can't. They would say, oh my God, if you told me that, I would go crazy. But somehow we are, all of a sudden there's peace in homes. All of a sudden I'm going through a crisis, but somehow I have a grace for it. It's because, oh, hear me. I'm preaching. Stay with me. It's because I changed my position. And because I changed my position, I'm now graced for the new place that I'm in. See, the devil tried to mail you destruction, but they sent it to the wrong address. He tried to mail you frustration, but he sent it to where you used to be. He sent it to the old address. Somebody say, I'm going to change my address. I'm going to change my address because if I change my place, I'll change my face. I'll change how I look. I'll change how I feel. I'll change how I smile because when I change my position, I change my condition. And Jesus is calling you out of the tomb. Don't get stuck in the tomb. Don't get stuck in the tomb because the devil's going to keep sending you the old mail you've always gotten. If you stay stuck at the cross, you're still going to get condemnation. If you stay stuck in the tomb, you're still going to get despair and doubt. But if you step in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and change it, you, oh, you don't believe me? You don't believe? What does he say right here? He says this. He says, and raised us up together. The, that, in uh, old King James, uh, that word raised us up is quickened quickened us up together and he quickened us up together why why would he quicken us why would he raise us Bethan why would he do that it's because he wanted us together in where heavenly places oh if you felt a touch from heaven today or during this crisis and you somehow touched peace and life and joy even in the midst of turmoil and you felt like you were washing the dishes but instead of crying and washing the dishes with despair all of a sudden you started singing with joy. You started singing with hope. You started singing with life because he said, oh, I'm going to take you to heavenly places. I'm going to take you to heavenly places when you're in your car, when you're with your family, when the enemy tries to send the wrong mail to you. It's going to go to your old address because you changed your position. And once you change positions, I can then change your condition. And God is going to speak a grace over you because you're not in that grave anymore. Come on, let's give God 30 seconds of praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I almost lost my voice on Good Friday preaching about the blood of Jesus. That'll get you fired up. If the blood of Jesus doesn't get your blood boiling, nothing will. 
And, and you know what? The enemy's trying to take my voice before I close out this service, but he's a, the devil is a liar, and he's not going to win. And I will have my voice, even if it lasts just up until the last second, and then it goes away. I will preach this message because I know there's so many who need to hear this. You've been stuck in a borrowed place that you were only meant to loan, and you're meant to leave. And when you finally leave that old place, you'll change your address. And when you change your address, you'll dwell in heavenly places. Let me read one more scripture to you. It says this, that he quickened us in verse five together, put it up on a screen and, and on the, on the screen for me. Even when we were in a trespass, he made us alive right there. Made us alive is quickened together. Everybody say the next word with me. Oh no, you didn't say it loud enough here. I'm going to read it. And when I get to that word, you're going to say it with me. Dead in trespasses. He quickened us, made us alive together with, with. No, 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 no. Not soon after, not later, with Christ. This is a present tense text right here that he is saying, you weren't raised, you won't one day, one day we will be raised with Christ. But he said, you are raised with Christ in heavenly places. You, it's not one day, it's not hopefully in the future. You have the resurrection power of Jesus Christ alive and here and ready to pull you up out of the miry clay, pull you out of the grave, pull you off of the cross and say, it's time to be made alive because you aren't meant to get stuck in that grave some of you have been stuck in that grave punishing yourself tormenting yourself like that poor demon possessed man in the bible that jesus came to hear in gadarenes he came to heal him because he was cutting himself and tormenting himself because the devil said, no, you stay in this tomb. You stay in this tomb. You stay in this grave. I want you in the graveyard with these other bones and you don't go anywhere. And, and, and the worst part is in the tomb is where we learn how to afflict ourselves. It's where we, the enemy's voice teaches us so much how to cause our own pain that, that all of a sudden that we don't go from blaming the enemy. We just say, this is just who I am. And we torture ourselves and we judge ourselves and we condemn ourselves and we speak negatively of ourselves. And when we look in the mirror, all we see is something pathetic. All we see is something desperate. All we see is something less than, but he didn't create you less than. The Bible says, oh, the Bible says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made and I am made in the image of the most high I am created in the image I've been breathed into by the Holy Spirit and I have the living power of the resurrection in my life come on somebody give God some praise and can I can I close with just talking to the church if you're standing stay standing if I could close with this, I'm not just talking to individuals. I'm talking to the church. The, the Lord told me, he said, Landon, I want you to speak to my people who are called by my name that we have gotten stuck. We have gotten stagnant. We have stayed in the darkness. We've stayed in the shallows. We've stayed in the other areas that we weren't called to because we want to be politically correct or we want to be, uh, we want to be overly sensitive sensitive and, and, and we don't want to speak just the message of hope, the message of life, the message of the resurrection power. There are church, when he was buried, so were you. And when, listen, I'm going to go back a little bit further. Say, go on back, preacher. When he was crucified, so were you. 
hear it. When he was crucified, so were you. And I think many people would agree with that. Yes, he was crucified with my sins. He was cru- I was there. He crucified for, I, I, yes. But if he was crucified, when he was crucified, you were crucified. When he was buried, you were buried. When he was buried, you were buried. We were both buried in the tomb. But when he was risen, I was risen. When he rose, I rose. When he rose, the church rose. When he rose, the church rose. The church has been living dead too long. The church needs the power of the resurrected Savior to say, I am alive. I am full of power and authority. Miracle signs and wonders are not of the past. I am alive. I have resurrected you with Christ. I have quickened you, church. I'm shaking some things up because we've gotten stuck. Oh, we've gotten stuck, church. We've gotten stuck at the grave because we just want to glorify the grave instead of leaving the grave. I wasn't meant to live in the grave. I was meant to live in the garden. I wasn't meant to live in the grave. I was meant to live in grace. But I need to get, I wasn't meant to live in, in the tomb. I was meant to live in the grace. I can't live there. I can't live in that grave. You got to change your address. Church, you got to change your address. Believer, you got to change your address. Sinner, where we've all been, needing of Jesus, you need to change your address. You need to give your life to Jesus. You need to surrender your life to Jesus, just like we all did. We all, we all needed Jesus. We all needed saving. But we don't just need saving. We need the power, the resurrection power to pull us out of the grave we've been hiding in into the light and the garden we've meant to be living in. God is calling us out of there. Get out of the grave. Get out of the grave. Step into his grace. Step into the fullness of his grace. Step into the grace of Jesus Christ. This is your hour. This is your time. Every head bowed and every eye closed, wherever you are. I want you to make a decision right now that you're going to change your address. Some of you have been stuck in your faith. You've been stuck in your religion. You've been stuck in your life. You've been stuck in your marriage. You've been stuck in your pain. You've been stuck in your condemnation. You've been stuck in your despair. You've been stuck in your doubt. It's time to be free because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And you don't need to live captive anymore. He came to save that which was lost to set you free to set every captive free and if that's you you may have been living for Jesus for the last 30 years of your life but you have felt stagnant and stuck and he is saying time to change your position so I can change your condition until you change your position believer I'm not talking to sinners yet believer until you change your position I cannot change your condition church unless you change your position I cannot change your condition The church needs to come alive. The church needs to be resurrected. But you got to change your position, church, so I can change your condition. And Lord, in Jesus' name.
Every single person under the sound of my voice is going to change their position. Just begin to say that, Jesus, I want to change my position. I want to change my position. I want you to begin to pray with your own voice because a quiet believer is a dying believer. And I want you to say, change my marriage position. Change my family position. Change my finance position. Change my heart position. Change my passion position. Change my life, Lord. Take me out of my old address and move me into my new heavenly places that I'm meant to dwell with you, that I'm meant to sit with you, that I'm meant to be with you. Change our address today. And Lord, when we change our position, I pray that we would start to feel the transformation of condition in our life. Lord, changing the very depths of who we are. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you're going to do this. And Lord, with every person Lord, that's listening right now, this is a chance for everybody to give their life to Jesus. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. You need to plead the blood of Jesus over your life. You need to acknowledge that he is resurrected. You need to believe that he is Lord. You need to call upon the name of the Lord. You need to repent of your sins and say, you know what? I was lost in my trespasses and sins, but now thanks be to Christ who makes me alive and quickens me to raise me up out of my sin and shame, out of my grace out of the place where I've been stuck for so many years and I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you, I want you to do this right now with me. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, I don't care if you're listening on the radio, on YouTube, or on Facebook, you're going to stand up, you're going to speak this loud and I want you to say it. If you're in a car, pull over and I want you to pray this prayer with me. Every voice, every heart, every home, every life, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I'll receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my resurrection power. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. I'm forever yours. And I am saved in Jesus' name. Everybody give God some praise right now. Come on. So thankful. So thankful. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life, send us an email at info at wearebridge.church and let us know that you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining us for the first time with our Bridge Church online family, we have a very special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information on where we can send that gift. We are so glad that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. That's right, so make sure you stay connected because why? We are so much better together. Bye, Bridge fam.